Oh. I'm podcasting, Mom. This is episode 89 of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm Alex Jaffe, and if I were a colossus, my weak point would be under my yarmulke. <laughs> uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and if I were a colossus, uh, my weak point would be right between my legs, because it's a pretty tender area. Mm. Well, uh, I'm Tim Rogers, and if I, if I were a colossus and we were actually making a game in which we were colossuses and they all had to have different weak points... I deserve the crotch weak point more than Frank because I have a huge prostate gland. That's that true. Hurts all the time, and it takes me about twenty minutes to pee. Multiple people can have the same uh, weak point. I no, that's a boring game. <laughs> I can change mine. Uh, I can change but mine then, in my heart. Then again, why not make a game where everybody's weak? <laughs> yeah. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, that's got to be your answer, too. Your, that's the, Shadow of the Crotchus. Shadow of the Crotch Losses. Yeah. Uh, but what's your name, Sir Palace? Uh, my name's Brandon Sheffield, and I guess I, I, I guess we're all crotch men now. So. Wow. Crotch the, men. The dream team together again. It's been yep. too long. DDT TGA. But who crotches the crotchman? That's what I want to know. (laughs) That's the question on all our minds, except mine. I have a different question on my mind. Uh, Frank, you weren't able to join us last week because you had other business. Why didn't you tell us about that? Oh, sure. Um, So as I previously mentioned on this podcast, uh, the uh, Area 5 documentary Outer Lands, as as part of their uh, documentary on video game culture, has been sort of following me around and... uh, a little bit, and and uh, showing how I I uh, preserve video game history, and so um, thanks to uh, their successful Kickstarter funding venture, I uh, accompanied them to the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, where uh, I spent four days digging through their library of uh, materials, mostly ra- related to video games, but uh, also I, I looked through a bunch of uh, toy-related material that had been donated over the years that sort of um, was uh, tangentially related to video game history. Found some stuff, scanned a bunch of stuff. It was cool. You did promise to tell us what toys were like 100 years ago. Oh, I did promise to uh, say what was what the, what the uh, toy trade was like in 1903. Um, so I, I looked up the first issue of Playthings from 1903, and uh, the cover story was harmonicas. So. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. That's excellent. And inside there were uh, dolls and stuff too, but mostly harmonicas. If you, uh, you want to give me a second here, I can, I can tell you what else was in those pages. I'm going to do, do real quick. Hang on. Ahead, it took, me, I took yeah. some pictures of, of the course, first uh, issue. Harmonica's most uh, recent success was uh, Dance Central and Rock right. Band. Right, right. Yeah. Rock Banda. Mm-hmm. Dance Centra. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. So uh, the cover says, Why buy others when the M. Honer harmonicas are the recognized standards? They are the best made toned sellers your jobber can supply you. <laughs> jobber. 
<laughs> so that's the cover of Playthings issue one. So uh, uh, back in 1903, all toys were supplied by wrestlers who were paid to take a dive. Uh, yes, but I mean, no, that's not true because inside there's a double page spread uh, for toys from Hamburger and Company. Oh boy! Uh, and they include dolls and uh, horses and blocks with letters on them and little now, toy soldiers. Now, by Hamburger, they probably at the time literally meant someone from Hamburg. Probably. They may well have. There's an ad in here for uh, the Temple of Minerva, the new home of the world-famous Minerva metal doll heads. Oh, God! That sounds <laughs> horrifying. Wow. Yeah, toys in 1903 were, were, were pretty frightening. And then uh, there's a picture I took of a toy train ad in there, too. That's all I took from 1903. So if you want to make a uh, prequel to uh, Pixar's Toy Story set in the the first decade of the 20th century... Oh, man, metal metal doll heads everywhere. Oh, yeah. Metal doll heads riding on trains, uh, (laughs) chasing chasing toy soldiers is what it would be. I like it. Yeah, I'd play that video game. Yeah. So what else did you glean from your trip to the Museum of Play? <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things that's hard to talk about because the, the, the research I did was very specifically catered to my tastes and my projects. Um, I, I've had an ongoing project for about 11 years I call Lost Levels. Um, right. But, but uh, what I've always wanted to do with it is turn it into a sort of definitive database of games that didn't ship for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So I discovered some weird things related to that. Like uh, I had them dig out their toy catalogs and, and, and buyer kits and stuff from old toy trade shows like Toy Fair. And I think the weirdest thing I discovered was that uh, LJN, which was a toy company, uh, in 1987 when they announced they were entering uh, video games, they announced five Nintendo games that used the zapper gun uh, yeah. One of one of them Jaws, where you shoot him with a harpoon, and, yeah. and and one of them a Thundercats Zapper game, which what? is a really weird idea that I I don't understand. No Thunder screenshots Zaps. or anything. Yeah, Thunder what? Thunder Zaps. Thunder Zaps. I like it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. So uh, they also had a, a a Zapper game based on a toy line they had called Photon, which was their laser tag ripoff, mm. and then one based on their Entertech uh, water guns. And Entertech water guns looked like real guns, like in a really scary way. So they announced all five of these gun games, uh, the other one being Gotcha, which did come out, which is a paintball game. Um, and the other four just disappeared, never mentioned again. And it's like, well, dude, this, this is really weird. But but if you look at the toy trades of the time in 1987, guns were huge. LJN was making bank just selling these toy guns. So it made sense that when the these video game consoles came back and they came with guns, they're like, oh, let's just make gun games. That's what we do. And then a kid got shot holding one of their toy guns by a police Heck officer. Heck yeah. Yeah. That made me that. want one. <laughs> so I, I'm I pretty remember, sure. Uh, as, a, as a child who was, a, uh, what do you call it, uh, surrounded by children talking about sick stuff at that time, yeah, I remember hearing the story about the kid who was wielding a realistic toy gun and got shot by a police officer like a year before it happened, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like there was this cop who shot this kid because he had this gun. And then because this gun's so real. And I remember all the kids being like, 
awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they like wanted one. And yeah. then like a year later, it actually happened for real instead of just being a playground thing. And yeah. uh, it was on the news and people were like, awesome, all over again. <laughs> so it's like, it was pretty funny. I'm going to have to stop you there. That's the six-minute mark, and my phone is dead. I haven't had time to charge it. I just got out of a holiday. Uh, you got out of a holiday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got out of a holiday. Like you managed uh, to escape a yeah, holiday? Yeah, I escaped from Holiday Mountain. Uh, wow. It was one of those they're ones making you can't a, go inside of. They're, they're making a Disney uh, direct-to-TV movie about it. Uh, you'll, you'll, is it called holiday yeah, it's that, that is exactly what it's called. Anyway, uh, the, the the takeaway there is that the reason you don't have a Thundercats game on the Nintendo is some dumb kid had a toy gun. Ah, uh, what a shot! What a what a what a buttholder! <laughs> That's my new word, by the way. Because, like, I like it. Buttholder. Buttholder. Yeah. I like it. I, I I like buttholder a lot. Uh, this next question is from someone who's certainly not a buttholder. Uh, okay. Frequent listener Badur SNK. He says. Yeah, I like uh, Propose a way to make E3 press conferences less boring, especially EAs. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and say hire a writer. Mm-hmm. Hire a writer to write the script. Uh, not a, Or hire a writer to punch it up. I feel like that has never happened in the history of an E3 press conference. Do you see what happened with the Golden Globes when they let that uh, Tina Fey write it? Everybody yeah, people was, started talking about it. People started posting clips of it on YouTube and all that. Like, make it funny. Uh, I mean, go ahead and hire somebody who's written something for Cracked, you know? You don't need to get, like, a, a rich and famous person. There's somebody who's written some funny words or personable words before. Don't let the goddamn Team 1000 write your script, you know? Would you recommend anyone in particular? I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Uh, nobody who hasn't gotten like a really good job. Like I would, I would totally be up for. Uh, in, in if this were the uh, late 1990s, I'd be up for the old man Murray guys writing. Uh, sure. Your um, but I mean that 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 kind of writing, that kind of internet writing, doesn't often translate well to video. I think. Like oh, I, I remember, yeah. I remember in the like early aughts there was this random special on MTV where they tried that with Sean Baby. And, uh, oh, God. And, and he, you know, was just... He was just speaking his writing, but it doesn't translate well into speaking, so it, it yeah. came across really poorly. But, but that said, like, hiring any playwright is probably cheaper than hiring Joel McHale or whatever to host your thing. Right, and, exactly. And, and and your bang for your buck there is going to be significant versus like oh this the guy that's on community is there so that's that's why I'm going to cover the games for some reason. Yeah, I mean that and uh, God, I, uh, Sony's last year was pretty all right. You remember that? Yeah, I was, was I, don't okay. know, I don't know why I was there, but oh, because free food they get, always got good free food. They do. Yeah, uh, it's it's fantastic food. But uh, uh, if only they can relay that experience to the viewer at home. You know, the uh, ordering. They don't. They don't stream that part usually. That the taco stands and stuff. They don't. They don't stream. They just get like every good food truck in L.A. to park in that parking lot, and then you just go insane, just gorging for an hour. Also, are you you guys invited to that thing this year? Was anyone? Yeah. 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 
my my hope. They invited me first, and then they invited Brandon. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Personally, uh, my hope uh, for E3 uh, is uh, I think it would be markedly improved this year if just for once they made it all about the games. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> um, this year, it's all about the games. <laughs> they love saying it's that. All, this year, it's all about the games. I think I was, uh, Nintendo... Has, I'm sorry, you were going to say something. and I, yeah, we Oh, all yeah, I was, I was just going to say that uh, I think they would actually give us a more interesting time if they showed more of those interesting kind of game set piece things. Because there's been a slight trend lately toward showing a specific interesting sequence of a game rather than just trying to explain exactly what it is. They just show, you know, they that that, that battlefield thing looked kind of interesting because of what they showed, and the you know the Tomb Raider thing looked a little bit interesting because that, those were that was that was two years ago. But even even so, like showing uh, just a guy walking through below for a long time was interesting to me. So uh, if they did more of that kind of stuff, like with D4, if they had showed that that crazy sequence that I saw at GDC, which is just this dude, uh, he's he's trying to fight against a guy inside of an airplane, and it's this crazy ballet of orchestrated maneuvers, and and it just looks so ridiculous and sublime. Like just just show me more of that stuff and tell me less numbers. Yeah, a lot of that stuff when they're they're puffing, blowing smoke up your butthole. You yeah. Know, about we sold in Q4 2013, we sold this many copies of games, and this year is shaping up to be another banner year. When they say stuff like that, it's like, I I what are they? It's like nowadays it's all about the streaming it, right? Like they're streaming yeah. this stuff on the internet and people are watching it and they're yeah. expecting stuff, but they're not actually doing it any differently. Sony seems like they might get it. It seems like maybe this year they'll have a pretty good press conference. Well, mm -hmm. Sony last year was just like, hey, we have a ton of games. Here they are, all of them all the time, right? It I mean, was, that's it was all about the games. Yes. Yeah. It was all yeah. about them. Inarguably. There's probably going to be some cool games coming out for PlayStation 4 this year. Yeah. It's a safe bet, yeah. That's, that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, I always liked Nintendos, even if I didn't care about the stuff. Like, I, I felt like they had a really good rhythm to their announcements, but uh, they, they're not doing it anymore. So. They also talk funny. No, they're doing, they're doing a streamy one. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, What's Miyamoto like going to wear this year? I don't know, some kind of a dumb hat. Nice. Probably a dumb hat. Wait, dumb is Nintendo hat. not doing a press conference again this year? Yeah, yeah. they're just doing an uh, an online one again. So I won't see it. I've got to say that their uh, their online stuff is actually pretty cool. The Nintendo Direct thing—it's almost like you're watching a North Korean news broadcast. And the round know? noise. Oh, oh right. There oh, you okay. go. Uh, I'm about to paste a list into the secret chat we can all see, and the listeners cannot. This is a list of uh, movies based on video games which are currently in production. Now, based on this list, uh, oh. you, you guys are going to. Uh, you all get to have really one line speaking role in any of these movies. Uh, what would you want it to be? 
So oh, we man. have to pick which movie. We have to pick one movie and say one line in it. One right? movie. Yeah, uh, you can pick your yeah. character. You can pick the line you say, but it's got to make sense for the movie. Uh, the list of movies for the listeners at home is uh, Resident Evil Rising, Agent Forty Seven, which is the Hitman movie, uh, Assassin's Creed, Ratchet and Clank, Warcraft, Angry Birds, Metal Gear Solid, Temple Run, Sly Cooper, Mass Effect. Tomb Raider, Just Cause, Scorpion Rising, Deus Ex, Human Revolution, Splinter Cell, Mortal Kombat, The Last of Us, Gran Turismo, Uncharted, and Shadow of the Colossus. Note that most of these probably will never see release. <laughs> Almost all of these will never see release. I, I want to wanna... Maybe two of them will see release. I, know, I, I notice you don't have Minecraft in there, which is also... Oh, well, I don't... Maybe, uh... I guess I missed it. You don't have World of Warcraft in there either. That's the I one. have Warcraft in there. Oh, oh, it's, yeah, it is just called Warcraft. I thought these were in alphabetical order. I suppose not. Nope. No. Uh, I didn't. Okay, look so at I've got mine. If you guys bottom. don't, oh, go for it. I've got one, so okay. you can go first. So I want to be in Angry Birds, and I want this line to be in the trailer. Okay, and and I I want it to be me shaking my head, going, "Man, what's wrong with these birds?" Probably <laughs> uh, the it. beginning of the trailer. Yeah. So I, I want to be uh, I want to be in The Last of Us, and I want to be just some scraggly uh, one a member of like some mercenary evil psycho pillager crew, and I want to like 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 the one guy sneaking around a corner, and I come up and I I catch him unawares, and he's standing there, and he puts his hands up, and I take my shotgun, and I put it right into his mouth, and I say. Bon appetit. Right before I get shot in the side of the head with an arrow by the girl. That's nice. what I want. I just want I just want to see somebody in a movie put a gun in somebody's mouth and say, Bon appetit before <laughs> pulling the trigger. And uh, it's, it's too bad you don't have like a, a, a sharpened bone or something that you're about to stab. Yeah. Oh, that would have been yeah. too, that would have been too perfect. Yeah. That's that was a reference to uh near the end of the film You Only Live Twice, uh so I walked in on some people watching You Only Live Twice recently, and I sat down, and I've seen the movie a hundred times, but it's just the very end. James Bond is, like, punching a guy on a staircase for, like, ten minutes, and then he, like, knocks the guy into this pool of water, and the guy just goes, ah, and falls in. And and James Bond looks over his shoulder and goes, bon appetit, <laughs> and then jogs up the stairs with his little old man jog. And I'm like, wow. I know that about two hours earlier in the movie they showed that there's piranhas in that pond, but in the last in the half hour of this movie I just sat here and watched. Uh, it is not referenced, uh, and they do not show any movement in the water. The guy just falls in, and James Bond says, Bon Appetit. So he tells that guy, like, enjoy the meal that you're about to have in the water. No, he's yeah, talking no, no. to the piranhas. <laughs> I know he is. Yeah. Well, without that, that context, that's what it comes across as. Yeah. yeah. But it's like without even there's not even any refreshment of that context. There's no oh remember the piranhas. It's like I, they, they never even bring it back. I think so once I think, you see the piranhas, there's no need to remember the piranhas. You're always going to remember there are piranhas there. But but they keep showing the water and there's just clearly nothing in the water. Yeah, there's that's like clearly the, nothing yeah. in there. <laughs> they like keep showing it because they're like battling over it, and then he just falls in and he goes ah. Oh! And splash, and it's like, oh, why doesn't he just swim out? Can I change my line? Yeah, you can change your line. You birds need to calm down. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, um, you can right. be a pig who says that right before a bird smashes into your castle. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so I guess since these are all going to be terrible, probably, yeah. I feel like I want to be in one of the most terrible ones. Sure. Uh, and just, you know, knowing that this one will probably come out, and having seen previous uh, entries into the series, I want to be in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And uh, I want to be one of the, just like a background character kind of a guy. And, uh, and I'm going to say, I'm over here already. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say toasty. Toasty. No, I want to say I'm over toasty. here already. That's what I want to say. And then Scorpion goes, wah, wah. <laughs> I want to be also in, uh, oh, what movie was it? I want to be in Gran Turismo, and I want to be a car. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, honk. I, I actually, yeah, I was just going to say beep, beep. I want to be in a, the Tim Brown movie, and I want to be chasing the guy at the beginning. I want to be just another guy. Be like, hey, man, where are you going? <laughs> you got right, any right. coins? Bro, you got any coins, bro? Bro. Right, right before I get violently just knocked off the, side of the bridge. Get <laughs> uh, them coins. Oh, man. How about uh, how about this Minecraft movie I forgot to include? Wait, I, I want to be in Mortal Kombat also, but I want to see be someone's trailer, and uh, uh, I want to say if that guy finishes you one last time, you're finished. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not good. great, Frank. Yeah, I think that needs a little work. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I want to be in Deus Ex and just say I didn't ask for this over and over. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm surprised he didn't go with a shave and a haircut from Uncharted, Tim. Oh, no, I think uh, Bon Appetit would be a better thing to say when you shoot somebody in the face, is all. I, I hope that... Uh, so did you guys hear the news that the uh, director people of The Last of Us are officially doing the next Uncharted, which I guess will be announced at E3? Nice. So that's, that's kind of neat, but uh, I don't know if those guys have the writing uh, credentials to come up with things such as Shave and a haircut. Yeah. So I'm going to suggest uh, a bone appetite for a headshot. Or they could stick with what they know and have a teenage girl follow Nathan Drake around everywhere. That uh, The only word for that is hot. <laughs> That's the time! Uh, our, our next topic, what are the worst levels in otherwise great games? Oh, ice levels baby. is the answer. Ice levels in every also game. Also water levels. Water levels. Yeah. The ice yeah. levels in Super Mario Brothers 3 are so good. That's uh, true. Water, water levels are not that great generally, no. Yeah. I like realized what? today that I can't enjoy any water setting in fiction because water levels in video games have been so traditionally miserable for me. Oh, that's, that a, that's a tough baby to rock. Uh, yeah. But wait. I, uh, that wasn't what I wanted to say. Um, uh, tough, eh. tough cradle to rock? That's a tough cradle to rock is what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that even means. That's not an expression I've ever heard. It's pretty good, though. <laughs> Maybe that's why I, 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 I like the tough baby version better. That's a, that's a tough baby to hug is what that is. So, <laughs> tough baby to shake? <laughs> no, that's that's too gruesome. Okay. That's a tough baby let's to go, Let's go back to tough baby to rock. It doesn't um, have to be I've got another, I've got another example, which is every SNK boss in every in every like 
SNK fighting game. Oh yeah, fighting the, game bosses are miserable. The boss. Oh, FGBs, yeah. It's always the worst. Uh, just for one specific ice level, I would say uh, in Valus 3, Valus 3 is really fun, and then you come up against this ice level, and you're just sliding around and knocking, getting knocked off uh, uh, cliffs and precipices, and it's it's awful. I want to say the worst, the the, the single most uh, flow killing, dead spacing, uh, boring level in a otherwise brilliantly perfect video game is that Dice Palace in Gunstar Heroes. Oh yeah, for Ooh. sure. Yeah. Just I just can't play it. I just I just don't like it at all. It it just kills the game. Yeah, it just they, kind of takes a dump all over your fun. And then the fact that it's just universally acclaimed, like everybody says, it's like the best level in the game, and it's like what? Man, Who says what? that? Who says that? Who I've says that? I've never heard that. I've never Any, heard it. Anybody mentioning the game in like a a countdown on a oh, mainstream wow. game site? They're like, you know, the Dice Palace is the most brilliant. I'm imitating IGN writer voice. So I'm imitating. It's what a person writing for IGN sounds like. I think. Okay. <laughs> Um, oh, man, I was gonna say like like, like on so, I mean that that's a show-stopping level. That's that's the that's the level that makes you want to stop playing. And for me, that was always the labyrinth zone in Sonic One. Like Sonic, you're running along, you're having a good time, everything feels pretty good, and you get to the labyrinth zone, and everything's just suddenly slow. It's just like, what yeah. if this game about being fast was suddenly about being really slow, and it just doesn't work at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's actually a lot of smartness in there, but uh, it's terrible. It, it's terrible execution. I feel like they, they perfected the slow, fast design in Sonic and Knuckles, but that Labyrinth Zone was just years, uh, years ahead of its time and like way too many tragic ways. I, I was just thinking about the Labyrinth Zone as you were talking that, and I just realized this second that the opening riff from Labyrinth Zone is almost identical to the opening riff from Music to Watch Girls by. Nice. It's the same thing. Yeah. Hello, Insert Credit fans. This is Blaine Brown, podcast editor. Soon after this episode ended, Jaffe realized that when he said Labyrinth Zone, which sounds like this... He meant Marble Zone which sounds like this. This has been an Insert Credit Tip. Back to the show. I... I, I would an, another one I would submit is if any of you played the DS version of Chrono Trigger, uh, they added a prehistoric level with a bunch of um, ha- like half lizard people in it, 
And that was very slow downy for the for the because that game was perfectly paced, and they're like, let's put in some more content, and it it just it it made a problem. Any Mega yeah. Man level that that requires jumping on the blocks that spawns. Oh yeah, the disappearing blocks. Yeah, that's it. That, doesn't feel Mega Man-y when you get to that part. I don't know what that is. What yeah, that is supposed it, to be. It ain't Mega Man. That's all I know. Yeah. Is is that it? I mean, what's the worst level in say uh, Super Mario sixty four? Oh, the underground labyrinth maze. No. Hazy Maze Cave? Hazy Maze Cave. Well, it's there's all right. A lot of a lot of the levels in Mario 64 have problematic uh, problematic areas in them, but there's yeah. there's not really a bad level. Yeah, I actually like the underwater stuff in that game. Hmm. Yeah, it's fine, I guess. I actually okay. I I was gonna say as for underwater levels, Super Mario Brothers three again has really good underwater levels. Well, it, including the auto-scrolled ones that are just huge mazes of jellyfish that you're navigating around. They feel really fast and fun and shootery almost. Thanks in no small part to the frog suit. Yeah, good old frog suit. Oh, man, I can do them without a frog suit. Just be a little Mario and get anywhere. It's beautiful. But it's baby Mario. Yeah, LTBM, man. That's a tough baby to shake. I like yeah. uh, water and Mario World better. Uh, water in Mario World's pretty good, but yeah. uh, I mean, I just I like Mario Three's water stuff. I, I mean, know. there's there's not that much of it. Those auto scrolling levels are kind of hit or miss, no? What yeah. in Super Mario Three? No, in everything. Uh, yeah. Well, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So there there are uh, in some of these games, uh, these uh, tactics games, you got your escort missions. Oh, those boy. are always like in in a tactics game where. Where the, the person you're supposed to protect is like, I'm just gonna run straight into danger if that's cool with you, and uh, and there's just nothing you can do about it. That's that's really terrible. That that's what when you said auto scrolling, it made me think of that. Um, but a lot of the you know shooters are auto scrolling and they're they're fine. Oh, but yeah. speaking of shooters, R Type Final, they there's one level in R Type Final which I think is the fifth or sixth, I don't remember, where. They, you know, the game is all about precision and being. Okay, I gotta cut you off, Brandon. I'm gonna say it real fast. Okay, go uh, ahead. Just knowing, knowing exactly where every bullet is and everything is on the screen, and then all of a sudden they throw this wavy filter in there so that everything's pulsing and blurbing, and it looks cool, but it doesn't help you dodge bullets so well. At the end. Oh well. Dodge uh, bullets. So many alternate history games, such as the New Wolfenstein. on yeah, they hinge on an outcome, an alternate outcome of World War II. That seems to be the common theme of all of them. So if you were making an alternate history game, what would you establish as the historical divergence point? Uh, New Coke was, uh, was accepted and, and enjoyed. Yeah? And yeah. what were the repercussions of that, Frank? Uh, Bill Cosby became president. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a game about it's a platform game where you're president Bill Cosby with a giant head. Yes, I've actually got another. Uh, it's, it's somewhat similar in that you we wind up with the new president, which is uh, Bruce Lee does not die. Yeah. yeah, and he becomes our president, and just the world respects us so much because they know that uh, our president could beat up 
their world leader with no with no problem. Like Putin would all of a sudden be backing down because you know he's got that judo, but he's yeah. you know he's he's not going to beat Jeet Kune Do. He's just not gonna. So. Oh man, what if they were running together? What if what if uh, there was a, a Cosby Lee? Uh, oh yeah, man. <laughs> Cosby yeah. brings the uh, you know the compassion, and and Lee yeah. is the is the the hard hard fisted pugilistic man. But I'm trying to think of a real a real actual good answer. Sure. And um, yeah. I feel like you know it, the, the easiest ones, not the easiest, but the the ones that would have the wide, widest ranging differences would be things like you know okay uh, Nobunaga doesn't unify Japan or the the war of the seven kingdoms in China um, ends totally differently or the you know the Ottoman Empire continues forever just all all of all of these kind of empires or uniting all the clans or any of those kinds of things Napoleon any of those are ripe for how about this there's never an impact that wipes out the dinosaurs yeah that one's good too yeah yeah, dinosaurs are just straight living and uh, eating up on humans all day long. I'm trying um, to avoid war. As it's a, hard to, though, because everyone, those, yeah. those are the big catalysts, you know. Oh, okay, here's here's one. It doesn't avoid war, but it it kind of... Um, it, it results from war, but it's not about it. If the, uh, the, the Berlin Wall never came down and mm. families are still divided, you could have an interesting adventure game regarding that. I, I mean, it's hard to choose a war as your divergence point because, as we all know, war never changes. Yeah, it never does. It stays the same. I'm trying to war think of some changed. some weird alternate history if the uh, Titanic hadn't sunk. Um, like, like maybe giant cruise ships become the norm in some way. Oh, here's, here's, here's something. Yeah, the Hindenburg. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, here's, yeah. Here's something that also kind of gets at your at your biz. Is like, what if, what if Edison hadn't been able to kind of bust through and take over everything, and Tesla was the dominant. Uh, everybody just listened to Tesla. Like, what would, our, what would our conquer. world look like? I yeah, think that would be part cool. of a command and conquer. Uh, maybe. Is it really? Uh, yes, like yes, yes, it is in Command and Conquer somewhere. Well, so there you go. You should go work for those guys. Right? CNC yeah. uh, Command and Conquer Music Factory. Right? Yeah, I, look, I, Conquer, I, I looked this up earlier this week. Uh, Command and Conquer is the is uh, the highest meta scored game that starts with the letter C. Nice. That's nice to know. Yeah. That's a good list, yeah. Yeah, I did the whole alphabet. Even for... higher than Crash Bandicoot, huh? Yeah. I'll, I'll share the list right now. I still didn't find one for Z, but I'll post it into the chat. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is a little bit of a divergence, but uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of this. Uh, the, the whole alphabet's uh, Advance Wars, Bioshock, Command & Conquer, Diablo, Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, Final Fantasy IX, Grand huh. Theft Auto IV, Halo Combat Evolved, ISS Pro Evolution, Jet Grind Radio, Kentucky Route Zero, wow. uh, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Metroid Prime, NFL 2K1, Out of the Park Baseball. Whoa. What? Dark. what? Yeah, <laughs> Out of the Park what? Baseball got got a lot of great reviews. It's always been kind of an anomaly every time I go to uh, Metacritic for researching lists like this. Uh, Perfect Dark, Quake, Resident Evil 4, Soul Calibur, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, 
uh, Uncharted 2, Among Thieves, Virtua Fighter 4, World of Goo, Xenoblade Chronicles, and Yoshi's Island. I don't have one for Z. It's probably Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's yeah. Island is actually Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Yes, but this was specifically Yoshi's Island colon Super Mario Advance 4. Oh, that's uh, a that's a cop-out ripoff. Uh, Oh, it should right. be Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Advance 4 is what it should be called. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of surprised that Final Fantasy IX was the top Final Fantasy. Yeah, that got higher ratings than any Final Fantasy game that is uh, scored by Metacritic. It was That's really nice. cool for reviewers to say that they got it and liked it because it looked more like an old Final Fantasy after Final Fantasy VII and VIII didn't look like old Final Fantasies mm-hmm. but were really popular. I'm, like, not even kidding. That's my assessment. So my my uh, thing for this would be uh, uh, I want to make a game called Rome 2099. That oh, is about boy. the Roman Empire if uh, if it had not executed Jesus. Oh, and, fuck. And Rome had then continued on for many years. Uh, some, like, some sort of, like, there's just some sort of alternate thing had happened. And, uh, Jesus had lived, and somehow there was a peaceful solution, and the Roman Empire stayed together. And is there a have, Christianity? And you now have cops who are still wearing like golden vests. I shouldn't be talking about this because it's something I've always wanted to make. Yeah, this can, is I, say, can I suggest a different title? Uh, well, the reason I have the twenty ninety nine in there is because of the uh, the Marvel Comics. Right. 2099 and all that. Yeah. I actually have had this idea for uh, about that long. Okay, so. but I, w- I want to make a joke alternate title. Let's hear the joke alternate title. Rome, if you want to. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Here's Thank our you. next topic. Uh, what have been the greatest failings of the most popular game engines? Oh, the GF of the MP uh, GEs? Yes. Yeah, specifically, specifically that. Well, Unity is too easy because so many tiny little tiny games have been made with that. Or wait, or do you mean problems that the engines themselves have, um, Not, or yeah. or games that came out that sucked that used them? I mean problems that the game engines had themselves. Like what's wrong with using this engine? What have been the uh, what has haunted uh, the use of these particular uh, tools? Well, I guess with uh, with the Unreal Engine, the main thing that that haunts it as it were is that y- it's it really wants to lend itself to one kind of a game it wants to make a third person shooter and uh when you try to do other stuff it starts to creak and groan and not be as happy with you like that flappy bird yeah you tried to make Man, that's right that's a really bad flappy bird yeah um i was going to say uh whatever that bethesda engine is they use on uh or used, I guess, last gen on like Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas and and uh, what was it, Oblivion? I guess. Yeah. Like that's a really buggy, weird engine that doesn't work. Oh, uh, well, Havoc Physics. Havoc Physics is really weird. That's not really like a, a game engine, though. Um, I like. Well, okay. I was gonna say that Telltale's engine has a lot of problems, but that's not really like. The, the question, right? The question is more like games that showcased an engine's problems? Um, n- no, not it's the really. problems with the engines themselves. So, like, with, with yeah. Unity, until they put the 2D stuff out, which still isn't perfect, uh, it was really hard to do 2D stuff because you basically had to layer it all in 3D space, 
and uh, and if it if you didn't get it just right, right. stuff just wouldn't be there, or uh, collisions are bad. Unity's physics is still quite imperfect. Uh, that yeah. is probably one of the biggest problems with it, I would say. That's why you just make your own rules, man. You just make yeah. your own rules, baby. I know. I feel like Telltale has a hard time optimizing their games for anything but PC. That's true. Um, and I don't know. I mean, they've been running, as far as I can tell, uh, just an update of the same engine over and over. And it seems like it's not really working, and maybe they should consider something else. The problem with uh, uh, Crytek, the Cry engine, is too many graphics. Too many tears. Too many tears. <laughs> too so many I, tears. I, have a, I have a story that's sort of about something that's wrong with an engine. Um, when I was working back in the AAA uh, on a game for EA in uh, the country of Japan, Ooh. the uh, Unreal Engine 3 had just kind of been, was picking up some steam, not, not Valve's distribution service, but the idea. And... Uh, like, EA was like, y'all are going to use this, and you're going to love it, because it's friendly to developers. And uh, they got us in on the Unreal Engine. And this was around when those those guys at Field Plus were working on Lost Odyssey, also in the Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I discussed this on my Lost Odyssey stream the other night about how Field Plus had not used the package system on Unreal. They were, like, loading every asset in the game uh, every time you change environments and uh, just doing all sorts of stuff that's like not even a noob mistake. It's like just bizarrely calculated noob mistakes. And uh, like there were dudes in my office, the programmer dudes who were like, hey, how do I do this? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, can you read the support document and explain it to me? And all of the Japanese support documentation that was there was uh, was very clearly machine translated because there's like bits of English words still kind of just floating in it like croutons. And uh, there you go. That was wrong with the Unreal Engine. And uh, if you email them, they have like their Japanese support person. You get a reply in like a week and a half. That was back in 2006. Yeah, they fixed a bunch of that now. They sure did, but that was back when Epic was uh, getting the money together to make some big games. The end. Mm-hmm. That was uh, when they were Epic Micro Games before Epic Mega Games, right? Yeah, they got Mega real fast. Yeah. Yeah. There's some stuff wrong with the Source Engine that people have told me, but I've totally forgotten, and I've never used it. Yeah, I've heard that, too. I mean, every engine's got its problems. Obviously. Yeah, sure. Right. This topic was meant to showcase them. Yep. Some yeah, of them but, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. All right. Here's our I next don't know. topic, like, guys. We're, it's, it's, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I have a very good perspective on that. I just feel like we don't talk about engines enough. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'll bring up Gran Turismo more in the next, yeah. in, uh, the next episode. So... Uh, Imagine we've recently discovered that uh, Aliens developed uh, one of our most popular video games at some point over the last 30 years or so, uh, but they don't tell us which one. Uh, which would you guess it was? Uh, I, I, my brain went straight to Sega, so it's got to be... I feel like it's got to be a Sega game, because it, it, when, when you said... When you said, imagine that Aliens, I was like, Sega. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> 
some kind of a Sega thing. Yeah. I would imagine that they made. Maybe that's what they're called. Maybe they are the Sega. Yeah, they I made still, the I, Sega. I still think Mega Man Two and Three had soundtracks from uh, Spacemen from the Future. You think? Yeah, they yeah. might have did. They might could have did, but I can't think of which which game. So I think if I were to say, yeah. if I were an alien and I were gonna make a game, I would want it to do something to human beings, like pacify them, or or make them more uh, accepting of alien overlordship, or some kind of a thing like that. Uh, so that's just I'm just throwing that out there as a thought that I'm having. I'm not Maybe sure they created it as, as an experiment to see if they could understand how entertainment worked. Mm, could be that too. I, I I'm leaning toward a game that doesn't seem to understand uh, the way of Earth people, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm immediately leaning toward anything David Cage has ever done. Mm. Those are not humans in those games. They are weird things from an alien brain. Yeah. Um, Although French are, I think the French are direct, are pretty much the direct descendants of aliens. That could be, yeah, that could be. So that's that part be. of it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Video games, huh? Yeah, that's I mean, what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. Video, uh, video games. Video <laughs> games, huh? No. The topic of the night is video games. Oh, I think. Uh, last week was uh, the uprise of crime in the inner city. Yes. Uh, wow, this is this is a tough question that I want to have a much better answer for. But I feel like also perhaps you could consider one of those sort of sea change games where it was like, wow, games are different now. Like yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Miyamoto could be an alien or something. Yeah, know? I'm trying to think in terms of that, too, like, in terms of the yeah. the men in black joke where aliens obviously invaded mi- invented microwaves, you know? Like, right. I'm trying to think in terms of that. Yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Elvis isn't dead, he just went home. Yeah, that's right. That's what he says oh, at that one scene. When, when I, I, I saw like... men in black as a kid, that killed me, that line. That was the funniest joke I had ever heard. Oh, man. Elvis isn't dead, he just went home. Yeah. I, blew my know, mind. I, feel, I feel like... Aliens not understanding what the world needs right now would have made the Saturn and just all the games on it. Uh, <laughs> I love me some Saturn, but it like everything about it was so weirdly ill-advised, and they were just like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, so, okay, uh, Kenji Eno, he's probably an alien. Maybe D. Yeah. Like, D is a good one. Yeah, he's not uh, dead. He just went home. Yeah, he's a definitely <laughs> went home. He went straight up there. Um, D... Enemy Zero. All his games are kind of from space. Uh, but I feel like Aliens, they might have they started earlier, like, or maybe they were waiting to see what the market did before they, uh, before they released their first game. Maybe a game where the message is, hey, Aliens aren't so bad, you should be nice to Aliens. Yeah, Toe Jam and Earl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's another game that doesn't understand humans super well, and uh, <laughs> I think Toe Jam and Earl could have been it. Well-meaning aliens that are like, "This is cool, right? It's just us. This is how we do." Maybe that Mister Mosquito game was developed uh, because the aliens thought that mosquitoes were Earth's dominant species. Oh yeah, because they don't have a whole lot of natural predators and such. Right. Interesting. That's a that's fair. Uh, or you know, 
this is kind of perhaps a little cliche, but Katamari, um, you know, they they wanted to roll up all these worlds, and they they had the the Prince of the Cosmos. They were just depicting their 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 everyday life, except uh, their time happens much faster than ours. So we're 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 seeing we're seeing it happen. Decade, decade by decade, but th- it, for them it's like microseconds. And Actually, so, uh, uh, I think a better answer is Nobi Nobi Boy. Yeah. Because mm. that that is a very alien game. I have no idea what the appeal is or why anyone would play it. Yeah, it was made just for Brandon Boyer, I'm pretty sure. I'm he, pretty he, sure that's what it was. So. I think Tim likes that game. I don't know. Do you, do you like Nobi Nobi Boy, Tim? I like Nobi Nobi Boy a lot. Have well, you guys there you go. Have you guys? I, uh, I I haven't gotten the chance to play it because it was a PlayStation Three exclusive, and I've I played it. It was it's, weird, uh, man. It's a weird thing, yeah. It's kind of like that's that game is a sandbox. If any game is a sandbox, that one is because it just gives you some toys and you can play around with them. Yeah. And then that's kind of all. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack. Yep. It's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I think I think Games. I think we kind of got that question almost. Yeah, we got it down. Here's our next one. Uh, when has a sequel most completely misunderstood what people liked about the previous games? Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, all day long. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sonic. Uh, like that, but Sonic's too easy. So let's let's try to think about something else because Sonic is just the answer. Um. Uh, so what yeah. else? What else is there? Oh, it's so hard because Sonic just keeps roaring to mind. Yeah, I mean, like the obvious cliche ones are uh, like Zelda Two, but I, I hate that answer, and it's a good game, and I think it actually taps into what's fun about yeah. Zelda. Uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Final Fantasy Fifteen. Uh, no, sorry, not Fifteen. Four, Fourteen. The 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 MMO. What like was that? the thought with Final Fantasy XIV, though? That, oh, fans liked this seg- element of Final Fantasy, so that's what we'll emphasize? Well, what, they're what like, they, you know, they... Well, they... You know, they... Okay. They thought that fans liked grinding and uh, and character customization, which they kind of do, but they also were trying to take what they thought people liked about other MMOs and, you, you know, the, just the end result was so universally hated except by some people that were extreme apologists that I have I, I feel like they clearly just didn't understand but maybe maybe it's different because they just didn't understand how to make the game they were trying to make at all hmm. Hmm. so what did Seika misunderstand about Sonic what did they think people liked about Sonic the animal characters the the I think they thought they liked the world, and well, it's I think it's perhaps it's less that they didn't understand what people no it is they thought that people always wanted more stuff yeah like a new gimmick and a new some kind of crazy wacky thing now he's a now he's a werewolf now he's got a big oh. sword for some in reason Sonic it was just Sonic in Sonic two you had tails so obviously yeah. people want escalation. Yeah, and then they had Knuckles, so, you know, they just had to do more and more. And all they, uh, I think all people, to some extent people want new stuff, but they should have put new stuff within that existing world that enriched that world instead of tried to be something different. Um, 
So, you know, the like the idea of Sonic Crackers, a.k.a. Uh, Knuckles Chaotix, they didn't really finish that game. But if they had, that was a kind of a thing that continued to make you go fast, and it changed the way that the world was. But it was interesting. It was a cool idea that they didn't get to push all the way through. If they did more stuff like that, it would have been nice. Or if they tried to do more of a speedrun-oriented game. If they focused more on speed like they did in Sonic Rush, but made it more of a game that I was more interested in, um, that would have been a good tactic. Sonic Rush was alright, though. Right. I like yeah. Sonic Rush. It's just, I guess, level design and stuff. Yeah. Like, cooler level design and uh, snappier mechanics is, like, a hard thing to advertise. Like, uh, you know, it's, like, hard to just, like, when you want to sell a sequel to the game, it's, like, I guess with Sonic 2, they added a character, and then they're, like, oh, well, we added a character, so maybe that's why Sonic 2 sold more than Sonic 1, even though it was just another Sonic game, and it was the new one is probably yeah. why. I, yeah. I think uh, the problem in uh, Zelda, not Adventure of Link, but, say, a uh, Twilight Princess or a uh, Skyward Sword, is that uh, Nintendo's under the impression that people play Zelda for the Zelda lore, which unfortunately seems to be a lot more true than I wish it was. Yeah, now uh, it, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. They started yeah. putting more... more story biz in there, and then people are just like, well, I guess this is us now. I guess. What we do. So um, I've been playing that Mario Kart 8 recently. Mario Kart? Uh, Mario Kart 8. And Ashley. Yeah, Mario yeah, Kart 8. Mario Kart 8 and Ashley. And, uh, it... So, it's, it's confusing, because, like, on the poster at Target next to where it's sold, like, the, the words they use are, like, defy gravity and these tracks where you can race on the wall and the ceiling and it's like there's like 16 new tracks in the game and there's like a couple like one area in each one where you go on the wall and it's like kind of the most just slobbishly flopped in little feature of the game and that's what they're putting on the poster so if the game saves Nintendo which it definitely won't uh, and they make Mario Kart 9, it's probably just going to be like, you're on walls the whole time. It's like that sort of thing. It's like, if, mm-hmm. if something is successful, the the reason for its success is... The different thing you did. Or, yeah. well, the different thing, or, and, the different thing and everything about it. Because it's a success. Period. So I feel like... Yeah. People are... Uh... I, this is kind of an aside, but I feel like people are going weirdly nuts for looking at Luigi in slow motion uh, as yeah, I the guy. Yeah, and, it was funny, like, the first time. But yeah, but... That's the age you live in now, Brandon. People oh, just beat stuff. They we, we live in the era of the beaten horse, you know? Why? Just the beaten horse corpse. Yeah. That's what it is. We gotta uh, stop rocking that baby. Yeah. We rock the baby, and it becomes a horse, and then the horse dies, and then we're beating it. Yep. Uh, here's our last topic before we go into the lightning round. So oh. I'm, re- I'm really excited to have you guys all together again. Hey, that's uh, us. 
Yeah, it's it's been a while since we've all been able to podcast together. That's so true, isn't it? What better way to um, celebrate our reunification oh, no. than with everybody's favorite uh, segment? Uh, oh no! That's right, my friend. We're going into the improv zone. Oh, T-I-Z. Uh, it's the worst zone. Mm, that's worse that's, than Labyrinth Zone. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what uh, uh, Alex is... least understood about his audience. <laughs> so, uh, we know about Major... Everyone knows about Major League Gaming. The uh, organization... Yeah, the organization which kind of uh, commentates on uh, competitive video game sports, that sort of thing. Well, yeah. what most people don't know is that they have a sister program, uh, Minor League Gaming, oh, for yeah. the less talented and less popular video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the three of you are commentators for Minor League Gaming, and uh, the and uh, tonight's uh, program is about to start. And as sort of the pre-show, we're going over uh, what's due to be played and the different sort of competitors who we're expecting to perform well in uh, this night's uh, offering. So, here we go. Minor League Gaming pre-show. Begin. Coming at you live from uh, wherever we are, it's Minor League Gaming, and uh, uh, joining me here are Brandon and Tim. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, Hello, hello. So, so, uh, tonight's game, uh, I have no idea what it is. So, have you guys read the script? I I haven't read the script to see what game it is that we're actually covering tonight. I was I was kind of busy before the show. It's very minor. It's very minor. It tr- it's true to our name. Uh, we're gonna have people uh, competitively playing Temple Run today. Ah, Temple yes. Run. Ah, temple run, run in the old temple. Run in the temple. Collecting <laughs> coins. I don't know. Decking. You know that yeah. kind of stuff. Absolutely, jumping, uh, mid-air jumping, uh, jumping over Ooh. things, jumping under things. Yeah, and uh, tonight we have, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mavis Filburn. Mavis from, Filburn! Uh, from uh, from Mavis. Wisconsin. She's, uh, she's been playing Temple Run while her uh, her son is in class. She doesn't tells me she doesn't have a lot to do most days. Mavis Filburn teaching she can running. Give me a call. Yeah, and uh, just what I'm I'm not really sure what our third commentator there, Tim, was just trying to say, but I think he's uh, wishing wishing Mavis the best of luck. I, I think, think Tim is drunk tonight here at Minor Tim League Gaming. So uh, in addition to Mavis, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, competing against Mavis, uh, we have a returning champion. It looks like uh, little Timmy from Arkansas. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 Timmy from Arkansas, Little Rock. Now, now Timmy has an advantage in that uh, his parents are rich, and he's actually uh, bought all of the upgrades for Temple Run, which mm. Mavis uh, hasn't little, quite little, found these sponsors for. Little Rock, so, baby, uh, put down the big dollars. Big so, dollars. Timmy, not as much of an athlete as Maven, but uh, you know he's he's he, you gotta admit the the advantage here is a, a little bit delicious. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Who's gonna win, dollars or donuts? That's the Sip question. And savor the sweet flavor of Temple Run. Uh, so that's that's game number one. That's our first lineup. These are the uh, the semifinals, actually. But then we've uh, we've that's not all we've got for you tonight. Um, oh no! Not oh, at all. No. Certainly not. Coming at you following the Temple Run competition. Following the Temple Run competition, we have the next game, which I definitely know the name of and will say pretty soon. 
All right, we well, can look forward to that later on in the program. That's right. Uh, we're definitely gonna get there uh, later. That's gonna happen. Uh, we actually, it's coming to me now that we've got competitive dead or alive beach volleyball. Oh yes, who's gonna get the better presents tonight? Falling head first into the booby zone. Who's got the bounciest blublies? Who's got the balliest volleys? Bubbling, <laughs> bubbling blobs. Oh yeah. It's uh, we've we've got a twelve-year-old uh, William McGillicuddy hails out of uh, Glasgow, Scotland. Versus uh, Billicuddy, as they call him. Billicuddy versus twelve-year-old. Uh, Jimmy Jamerson from uh, from Connecticut, and uh, commentating will have a special commentator who is uh, also twelve, and uh, and and that's uh, 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 what what is the name of that kid? Um, he's he's not coming to mind at the moment. Oh, uh, Eli Dirtbag. Eli Dirtbag. Yes. He loves. He just loves boobies. You know. He does. Gotta so it's it. it's an interesting time in a competitive beach or live beach or live <laughs> dead or live. I got the name wrong. It was hilarious. Dead or uh, alive is gonna beat you alive. Competitive play. <laughs> it's an interesting time because uh, the, the the youth have come out and and discovered what uh, was typically an old man's uh, minor league gaming game. Yeah, and, uh, it's 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 interesting to see fresh new faces as as we are. Yeah, uh, see, one one of the difficult things for these competitors is that um, you know after they after they win or simply after they play for a long time, they can't stand up for a while, and that's very difficult for some of them. Uh, so you know they, these 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 are real athletes here, these kids, because they, <laughs> they get, you know their their pants are getting tighter. They just gotta you know they gotta take it easy. The old a, crippler on the Xbox, as we used to call it. Yep, the old crippler. The old crippler. And, uh, and how much more time do we have for... Uh, um, for the... I think I've got to pull you guys out there. Uh, congratulations. I think... Uh, Eli Dirtbag. You guys were just about as entertaining as one of those talk show segments on the Grand Theft Auto station. So All congratulations right. are in order. Uh, I think that, that's a compliment. Yeah. I don't know. Let's bring that right into our lightning round. Uh, so, uh, our listeners and certainly our panel are aware that uh, Japanese video games often get hyper-specific genre names that don't apply to any other game. Yeah, like uh, Metal Gear Solid is a yes. tactical espionage oh. action. Uh, so, I'm going to give you some Western-developed video tactical games. Tactical espionage action. It's in the game. I'm going to give you the names of some Western video games, and you have to tell me what their hyper-specific right. Japanese genre would be. And uh, if this goes well, we might do it uh, again in the future. But I'm not sure go. I understand. Give me an example again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Bayonetta had one. What was Bayonetta's? I don't know, but uh, I know that Frank basically they take okay. So Devil May Cry was every time like it's it's oh. it's like throbbing ro uh, throbbing romance simulation tactics. So like something. Metal Gear tactical espionage action, right? Yeah, yeah. Metal Gear Solid was tactical espionage action. Yeah, okay. uh, Devil May Cry was stylish hard action. Okay. So, like, usually sort of a three-word phrase, but they usually... Lately, they have put five or six words in there, and it gets idiotic. And it's always in English, 
And, uh, well, not always in English. But then the last word is usually a recognizable genre. Okay. I'm Brandon Brandon, uh, mentioned full reactive eyes entertainment a couple weeks ago. Yes. Yes. Uh, All right. So here we go. Our first game is Bullet Storm. Bullet Storm. Bullet Storm. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Profane. Profane, yeah. Colorful shooting extravaganza. I like I would, it. I would just say profane shooting action. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. NBA Street. Uh, concrete hooping sports. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas. Oh man, colorful, uh, realistic shooting. Squad shooting. You have to put yeah, squad. 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 Yeah. Colorful, uh, realistic squad shooting. Yeah. Uh, Transformers War for Cybertron. Plastic toy video. Michael Bay exploding action. Uh, Indigo Prophecy. Uh, fully n- non-reactive eyes entertainment. Yeah. Cinematic, yeah. cinematic sci-fi button input. <laughs> <laughs> Halo Four. Uh, Fight uh, finishing shooter sci-fi. I was gonna say uh, fight uh, re-beginning. Like <laughs> FPS space opera is what I want to say. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Castle Crashers. Uh, animated uh, medieval action. Uh, not very good. Action. <laughs> That's not what they would say. Two D button mashing action. I think they might actually say that. Uh, Ratchet yeah. and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Uh, cartoon robot action adventure. Yeah. Cartoon ro- cartoon uh, uh, fun. I don't know. Cartoon, cartoon mascot action adventure. Cartoon mascot action adventure. I like that. Uh, Skylanders. Ratchet and Clank actually had a Japanese. Yeah, they did have one. Toy eyebrows, right? Um, Skylanders. Skylanders is um, toy interactive interactive toy uh, platforming. Adventure. No, it's to- toy transference video. Adventure. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Watch Dogs. Oh no! <laughs> Dog watching <laughs> in action. Uh, no dog hacking. No dog. <laughs> dog dogless <laughs> hacking action. Oh no, you know what they would call it? They'd call it uh, open world shooting haction. Oh, I like it. That's the note to yeah. end the show on. Uh, uh, you can uh, follow us on podcast.insertcredit.com uh, facebook.com slash icpodcast, our respective Twitter accounts. Now is the time to get in your plugs, guys. Guys, you want to plug in anything? I'm going to plug one thing, uh, which is that Gunsport actually has one of those multi-genre, multi-word genre title things. Yeah. Which is uh, Future Millennium Sporting Action. Oh. Hmm. Video, Ball, Video Ball has yeah. one as well. It is, uh, it is strategy shooting sports action. Excellent. I like it. Uh, also, I want to say that anybody that's listening to this and lives near Austin, Texas or um, Las Vegas, Nevada, could come and see Gunsport either at Rooster Teeth Expo or Evo, and it would be real cool if you did. 
Oh, we I also, just want to let everybody know that you can come to Evo to play video ball as well. Uh, yeah. We also recently started a thing where at the end of the show, uh, each of you recommends some sort of piece of media for our audience to consume this week. It oh. could be a movie, a TV show, a book, an album, a podcast, uh, uh, even a video game, uh, whatever you could think of. Okay. Yeah. A comic. Uh, okay. Man, I, I'm kind of... I've I've only been back from Poland for a little while, so I'm kind of finishing the same stuff that I was doing before. So, like, I was going to recommend the book I'm reading, but I realized that uh, several podcasts ago I recommended that people read H.G. <laughs> Wells' short stories, and now yes. I'm reading one of H.G. Wells' long stories, and I was going to yeah. recommend it, but, like, well, I mean... Yeah, do. Yeah, read more H.G. Wells, guys. Yeah, well, specifically, I'll just say it. Uh, specifically, One might say you're well-read. Yeah. Oh! I was waiting to interrupt you. Yeah, uh, thanks. I was, I was, yeah, I thought that would be the funniest way to do that. Specifically, Days of the Comet is what I'm reading right now, and it's, it's really cool because you get a lot of these dystopian books, <laughs> and this one is... Uh, takes place in a utopia that, while you're reading it, you don't know the specifics of what the utopian stuff is, but you're reading from the perspective of a guy who's talking about what it used to be like in the old days when everything was complicated and difficult and bad. So he's just talking about contemporary life, well, contemporary life of the 1900s, early 1900s, as though it were the past after all those problems are solved. And that's pretty interesting, and it's got a neat perspective, and it, it, it's fun. It's fun to think about. All right, Jaffe, I'm going to let you uh, choose. Do you want a comic book or a cooking book? Um, give me a comic book. Okay, uh, I'm going to recommend the original 1970s Steve Gerber run of Howard the Duck, which is uh, collected in both a black and white uh whatever the Marvel series is called that's black and white, and also a gigantic expen expensive omnibus. Uh, Steve Gerber was a, a very sort of subversive uh, comic book writer in the 70s, and the stories are very strange and, 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 it's, and, and very, very heartfelt, and uh, I think Howard the Duck has kind of become the butt of jokes for some reason, but... The, the that, movie. All that reason is George yeah. Lucas. The, yeah. the movie was terrible. Tim Robbins is in that movie. It's yeah. very true. But the actual comics are super interesting and, you know, not great works of literature or anything, but a really uh, a really cool snapshot of a really interesting mind that for some reason was uh, writing superhero comic books. Yeah. Neat. Uh, was, that, was that the guy who wrote that all-text issue that was kind of a... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was really oh, yeah. There's, there's an all-text issue of just him being... Uh, really dissatisfied with the comic book industry and always late on deadlines and, and uh, self-reflective about that. A little bit Evangelion-esque. Yeah, very, very strange guy. Oh, wait. And he's, and he's dead, so it's better. That, cause he's nice! Yeah. I also I, I want to actually recommend one other thing, if I can. Sure. Uh, because I realized that I basically said the same thing as last time, sort of. I want to recommend uh, Porpentine's new Twine game called Skulge Habit. It's S-K-U-L-L-J-H-A-B-I-T, like Skull Habit with a J in between. And I'm actually writing that down because I've been looking for good Twine games. It's it's a really cool Twine game, and it's it's I played that doesn't, one. doesn't give you all the information all the time. And I'd, I'd say that Porpentine's Twine games are super awesome in general. But, yeah, check that one out because it just came out a few days ago. Yeah, I'd... I'd uh... 
So I, I guess since we're uh, not, I thought we weren't supposed to recommend games, but no, we can, uh, we can, we can. I, guess, I said even but, a video game. I'm gonna not recommend a game, but uh, first of all, I will say that the game One Thousand and One Spikes is one of the best games uh, that has probably ever been made, and it was that just game's pretty sweet. A couple days ago, for everything, for your PC, Windows, Mac, Linux, Xbox, PlayStation, just all the crap. It's on the Vita. It's on the Wii U. It's on the 3DS. I mean, uh, it's 15 bucks and it's really good. It's so good. Jonathan Blow uh, streamed it for like 12 straight hours. So whatever that's worth. Uh, Jonathan blew his mind. Yeah, it, it, Jonathan. It, Jonathan blew Jonathan Blow's mind. Um, another thing I want to recommend is uh, the Xbox One controller, which has Windows okay. drivers as of today. Uh, it has official Windows drivers, and you plug it right into your computer, and it works. If you have a Windows computer. God darn fantastic for video ball, let me tell you. But the other thing I would recommend is uh, all this week I've been I, I've somehow come to acquire a lot of music that I used to have that got deleted because some idiot wiped my hard drive. I got a lot of my music back, and uh, I've been listening to uh, the album Aiwa Genki Des by sort of semi-obscure Japanese idol singer Yumi Tanimura. Uh and it has uh, some tracks on it. Yumi Tanimura is her name. T-A-N-I-M-U-R-A. It has so many tunes in it. Like, it's from 1991, uh, so it's full of super chunky synth, and uh, but also with just the right number of real samples and tons of tunes, just like boatloads of tunes. It's, it's horrifying. I sent you a link, uh, uh, a link to where you can acquire it, Brandon. I want to say that yeah, uh, I'm gonna one get of it. the recommended videos on the side of this podcast stream right now is a cricket sound, which is just five seconds of a cricket making a sound. That's wow. pretty great. I would recommend <laughs> that as well. Was Were you uh, looking at that video before this? Uh, no, I was not. I've uh, never seen this video before. Oh, well. I'm going to make a quick anti-recommendation, which is Oh, this. NAR. Yeah, I've been I've been exploring the libraries of the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, and I, I played uh, Deja Vu Two. Deja Two. Deja Two. Love um, Which is not a very good game. I do not recommend it. Uh, adventure games, at their core, are just a series of uh, locks and keys. Deja Vu I, I, is literally I, a series of locks and keys. I feel like you've told us not to play that game before. I don't think so. I've only played Deja Vu Two for the first time. Oh, I, 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 I must be having that, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, that one thing that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard of All that. Right. Well, now you're playing with podcasts. Yep. Podcast over, yeah! Yep. It's just a bunch of locked doors, and you find keys, and that's the game.